action-packed takeaway show for you today. Let's get right to it. I think we actually have closer to 20 takeaways than 10 takeaways. We we just finished this beautiful graphic. Thank you to Nate Liss, graphics in chief, director of graphics, president of graphics at Roto Underworld. It's already incorrect. We're going to have way more than 10 takeaways. And we'll start with the election because I did a whole takeaway show on the election. I did 10 plus take. It really should be just 10 plus takeaways. I did 10 plus takeaways on the election on my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash podfather. I gave you all the takes you needed from the election as I religiously followed John King around the television airwaves. However, I saved one for this show, a key takeaway, in my opinion. Again, this is my opinion. This is my opinion. This is my opinion. This is not a fact. This is an opinion. Opinion. This is my opinion. My opinion is if Donald Trump had deleted his Twitter account on Inauguration Day, January 2017, he would have been reelected. That's the hot take. That's the hottest election take. Would have been reelected. Just delete Twitter. Twitter costs him the election. And we already saw in Yahoo Leaks, Mike Davis dropped 25% of fantasy gamers dropping Mike Davis, which was a catastrophic blunder. This is the time of year when you want to be hoarding running backs who are an injury away from being an RB1. And Mike Davis already demonstrated that he is exactly that guy. And injuries beget more injuries. A lower body injury increases your probability of another lower body injury this season and next season. So Christian McCaffrey's injury probability on playerprofiler.com will go up next season from what it was this season. So for a number of reasons, based on strategy and based on physiology, you shouldn't have been dropping Mike Davis. Shame on you. Shame on anyone who dropped Mike Davis because Christian McCaffrey will miss week 10. And the big question is, will he miss week 11? Because if you're day-to-day, that means you're week-to-week. And if you're week-to-week, you're month-to-month. And if you're month-to-month, you're out for the season. Which takes us to our Discord chat. We have a Discord chat. If you join us on patreon.com forward slash podfather, you join the Discord channel, and you can ask questions, and we'll take questions on this show from Discord. And God damn it! These leaf blowers! That's another takeaway! That's another takeaway. Leaf blowers are the worst. This is leaf blower season. And now they have these machines, these giant fan blowers. They're not even the the little leaf blowers, which make an incredible amount of noise for how small they are. They're these giant fans. I'm looking out my window and there's multiple leaf blowers, an army of leaf blowers with the the giant fans. So it feels like World War II, right? It feels like I'm, I'm looking out across the Ardennes and, and here come like a squadron from the Blitzkrieg, right? We've got tanks and, and armored personnel carriers and infantry stormtroopers attacking the neighborhood with noise. Noise, stop it. You can't hear it. I know this mic is expensive and it doesn't pick up noise. I It's bothering me. Ban the blowers. When I was a kid, we had this nifty invention for taking care of leaves. It was called a rake. Damn it. I pay my landscapers extra to use a rake. And I'm going to send a letter to everyone in the neighborhood. This is what I'm doing. You don't have to do it, but this is what I'm doing because I care about your well-being and your ability to work from home 
and school from home and have a peaceful, a tranquil existence. I'm better than you because my landscapers use a rake. God damn it. Where was I? Injuries. That's right. If you get injured, then you're more likely to get injured again. And your entire bench at this point in the season should be stockpiled with upside running backs who are an injury away, a high ankle sprain away, a concussion away from ideally a bell cow roll. And that's exactly what we have with Duke Johnson. That's another takeaway. I don't know what take. We're already have lost track of the takeaways. Already have lost track a lot already. I think it's been a lot. Leaf blowers are the worst. Trump would be the president for another four years had he just deleted his Twitter account. Idiots dropping Mike Davis. No one in this audience dropping Mike Davis. No one would do that. No one. No one would do that. But you're picking up Duke Johnson on the waiver wire. Like he's going to be the number one waiver priority on waiver wire show. When we do waiver wire, bow, bow, wow, wow, wow. you're going to see Duke Johnson at the top, right? Right to the top, Duke Johnson. That's it. He, Duke Johnson, he's the next guy, right? He's the next guy. Duke Johnson's time is now. And the NFL's focus on the running game is waning faster than I ever imagined. Look at some of these games. Look at the Chiefs. Less than 10 rush attempts. They were up in the third quarter. It's not like they were down double digits throughout the game and they were in comeback mode, two-minute drill. No, 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 no. No, this was a competitive game that the Chiefs won, and they decided they weren't going to run the ball even 10 times. Look at the Buccaneers. They ran the ball with their running backs four times. Four times. Now, I know you might say, well, this is this was a blowout. Of course, they were in comeback mode. Yes, but you have to remember, in NFL days past, right, in times gone by, coaches would always throw the run in there to set up the play action. Now, NFL teams are using analytics at a lightning pace. There's like a blitzkrieg of analytics in NFL front offices, and now they're just quickly adjusting, and they're saying, no, 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 you don't need to run the ball. You don't need a token run to set up the pass or the play action. No more token runs. If we're down double digits, we're only throwing the ball, which is what the analytics tell you to do. And the NFL is listening to their analytics departments at a pace that I wasn't ready for. Like, this is shocking to me how the pass-to-run ratios are skewing across the NFL. And it's going to change fantasy strategies. It's going to change fantasy strategy a lot. Look at J.D. McKissick. Just look at go to J.D. McKissick's box score. And you tell me that you're better off with any running back, any running back that doesn't catch a significant amount of passes over a player like J.D. McKissick. That's how strategy changing. And I think that it's going to be harder to find bell cow backs with McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook ceiling because the carries just won't be there. And especially the touches in the red zone just won't be there for so many running backs where you could have made the case, okay, th this is a first-round pick. This guy has first-round caliber potential. Next year, right, next year, Joe Mixon will be a top-five pick in fantasy football. That was an argument. Oh, next year, Josh Jacobs will be a top-five pick in fantasy football. The argument last year was, oh, Miles Sanders will be a top-first-round pick at least. And then he was. Then Miles Sanders was a first-round pick. It's going to be harder to make those arguments and this may have been the last year that robust RB was even viable if the NFL continues to skew so quickly to pass the ball more than run the ball. I, I, I wasn't ready for it. I didn't think the NFL was this woke, but that is a major takeaway from what you're seeing around the NFL. And Chase Claypool should not, 
I repeat, Chase Claypool should not convert to tight end. I know that I suggested that Chase Claypool would be better off at tight end, that it would be a faster, easier way for him to be relevant in the NFL, given all the competition for targets with Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, James Washington. Hey, man, just convert to tight end, and you can be Noah Fant right away in the NFL. That was my argument for Chase Claypool becoming a tight end. That's not necessary, Chase. Okay, I was wrong. You don't need no. You're not going to become a tight end. Look at the target share in week nine. Claypool, 29.9%. Next highest, Deontay Johnson, 22.2%. Juju Smith-Schuster is looking like the number three receiver in Pittsburgh. I know that he scored fantasy points. He had, he had a touchdown, right? So as soon as you wide receiver gets a touchdown and a bunch of targets, he is going to be fantasy relevant. But the target share indicates that Claypool and Deontay Johnson are a higher priority for Ben Roethlisberger than Juju Smith-Schuster. And look at the air yards. Chase Claypool, 133 air yards on Sunday. Deontay Johnson, 69. Those are nice air yards. And Juju Smith-Schuster, only 50. So sad trombone for Juju Smith-Schuster. Looking beyond the box score, continue to worry about Juju Smith-Schuster's usage. And sad trombone for Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards, one snap, one, he got a snap. He was in the game. One snap, zero routes, zero targets, zero receptions, zero yards, zero touchdowns, zero fantasy points for Brian Edwards. So we were getting cute on the lineup genius and we can blame the computer because the computer thinks, Hey, listen, this guy's going to be a starter and he's three K he belongs in some lineups, right? He's fringy, but at that price, three K sneak in. A Brian Edwards at 3.5K, sneak in a Steven Sims at 3K, sneak in a Jakeem Grant at 3K. So of all the 3K wide receivers, Jakeem Grant was the best value because he scored the most fantasy points of the wide receivers that the lineup genius featured this week at 3K. And then you had David Moore at 3.1K. Yeah! Woo! That was the hit, right? That was the super cheap wide receiver hit was David Moore, and we actually had multiple David Moores, right? Because we had a number of Russell Wilson lineups and best week yet. Now, I know we had a top 10 week, so in terms of money, one, our best week was week two because we finished top 10 in the Millie Maker in week two. So naturally, when you win $8,000, that's going to be your best week. But that was a singular lineup that won all the money, or not all the money, but a lot of money. This week, across 20 lineups and six different quarterbacks, we had 10 of the 20 lineups hit the pay line in the Millie Maker. And the best lineup, Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, Tyreek Hill, Curtis Samuel, Darnell Mooney, Travis Kelsey, Giants defense, and in flex, we had Sims on Washington. Oh, we had Sims. We had Sims. Oh, no, no, wait, wait, no, 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 damn it, wrong Sims, Steven Sims activated off the IR, that's the great hack, right, you take a wide receiver whose salary hovers around 4k, and you play him the week he's activated off the IR at 3k, uh, it's a little hack, a little DFS hack, and nothing, right, it was actually Cam Sims, it was the other Sims. So that was heartbreaking. Another question from uh, the 
folks on Discord. I believe I mentioned it and was going to talk about it and then moved on. Oh, I think at that point, leaf blowers, right? If, if I'm reconstructing the show, I was about to answer a question from Discord and then the leaf blower just knocked me completely off my chair or at least mentally, absolutely a gust of wind just blowing me completely. Yeah, you would think, right? That the leaf blower would blow you off course. And that's exactly what happened. Question, who's the most reliable Bucks receiver? And the answer is Leonard Fournette. Isn't it though? He led the Buccaneers in receiving. No Buccaneer caught more passes by a wide margin, right? Leonard Fournette caught 50% more passes than the next receiver on the list for the Buccaneers. But Evans had more yards. Evans had more air yards, though he, Godwin, and Fournette were all tied for the team lead with six, just six, just six targets. Oh, poor Tom Brady. Had a bad game. Older players, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, they're inconsistent because they never know how their body's going to feel when they wake up. And so you're going to have good games, bad games. As you get older at the quarterback position, as a golfer, as a basketball player, you get more volatile with your daily or weekly performances. Just look at Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's my favorite example of as you age, you're still capable of a 30-point game, but you're also capable of a three-point game. It's just, you know, how's the body feel? And Tom Brady wasn't feeling it. And that's fine. That's it happens. And they take a loss. They're six and three. The answer is Mike Evans, because Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown are both inside receivers. They're both slot flankers. So they have a similar skill set, whereas Mike Evans skill set is unique because Mike Evans is unique. No one is like Mike Evans. No one will be like Mike Evans ever in the history of the NFL. He is a unique character. And so it, the answer is Mike Evans, though, Leonard Fournette, six for six. Right, All Leonard Fournette does is post 10 fantasy points a game. That's all he does. That's what he does. That's what he does. And I love it. I love that that's what he does. And Kalen Balaj is a mirage. So he's Kalen Mirage. And he was not the primary back on Sunday. He was not. Joshua Kelly outsnapped him 39 to 31 and ran significantly more routes. Joshua Kelly, 25 routes out of the backfield. Kalen Balaj, only 11. I know Balaj outtouched him, but in terms of snaps and routes, and that's what leads to more fantasy points as these NFL teams turn up the dial on the passing and turn down the dial on the rushing week in, week out. I want the Joshua Kelly usage pattern more than I want the Kalen Balaj, where you're relying on a touchdown to fuel the fantasy production. Or Joshua Kelly, he gets his 10 plus fantasy points without scoring a touchdown. That's more consistent. That's more reliable. That's very Leonard Fournette of Joshua Kelly. And sometimes you luck out with your weekly fades on our Plays of the Week email. Everyone that subscribes on Patreon or on playerprofiler.com gets my Plays of the Week email. We had two fades at running back, James Conner and Justin Jackson. We only fade the running backs that have the high ownership. So they're chalk fades. Conner, Jackson. Jackson was hurt, so we were lucky, but we had an incredible week with our Plays of the Week. We've had a great run, right? We've had a great run. The quarterbacks we picked, our cash quarterback was Josh Allen, GPP quarterback, Drew Locke. It's just, it's just value plays across the board and bad shock. So who are the values? Where's the bad shock? Help you construct your DFS lineups every week. And it is informed by Josh Larkey, who runs the player profiler lineup optimizer, which suggests lineups for the DFS lineup genius. 
And so you, you look at those lineups and you can decode what will likely be, who will likely be in the plays of the week email. A player we didn't talk about this week, but we talked about the previous week was Tua Tungavailoa. And Tua Tungavailoa is for real. And I said something that no one else has said. I believe I was the only member of any sports media organization to say that the Miami Dolphins were turning to Tua as a win-now move. This was a win-now move. This was not to further the tank. This is a team that thinks they can compete this year, and that's why they're going to Tua for the same reasons why Nick Saban inserted Tua at halftime in the national championship game, because he knows Tua Tungavelloa gives your football team a better chance to win than a quarterback not named Tua Tungavelloa. And that's the case with most NFL teams, most college teams, you're better off with Tua than almost any other quarterback in the universe. I told you so. And I told you weeks ago to pick up Jerick McKinnon to make him a priority ad on the waiver wire. And it took all this time, but he's finally demonstrating his potential. After weeks and weeks and weeks, finally the snaps 41 to 13 over Jamichael Hasty. The routes 20 to 4, the touches 15 to 7, and the fantasy points 15.8 to 3.3 and his salary in DFS in week 10, 5.6 K. We're going to be playing some Jarek McKinnon. We're going to be playing Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy was excellent in week nine. I think he's going to continue to outperform his salary for a number of weeks. His salary in week 10, 5.6 K shout out to Walter picks the Walter picks app, which I love looks at the projections across the industry and then all the the prop bets that are out there in the sports betting markets and, and finds the very best plays in the prop betting markets and identified Jerry Judy over 56 receiving yards. That was also in our plays of the week. So congratulations to Walter picks, just killing it. Jerry Judy, killing it. 162 air yards in week eight, 193 air yards in week nine, but he finally parlayed that into fantasy points, 25.5 fantasy points this week for Jerry Judy. Marvin Jones is dust. He was dominated by Marvin Hall. Technically, Marvin Jones had more fantasy points. But when you look at and you zoom out and you look at the air yards, which indicates who's going to be producing more in the future, Marvin Hall, 79 air yards. Danny Amendola, Danny forever and ever, amen, Dola, 46. But Marvin Jones, the dusty Marvin, not Marvin Hall, 31 air yards, dust. On the other hand, Alameda Zacchaeus, Right. Look at the air yard share, the, the share of all Falcons air yards in week nine. Alameda Zacchaeus, 43.2. Julio Jones, 13.4. Julio Jones showing his age. He's not the wide receiver he used to be. And Christian Kirk is coming. My final observation for this week Christian Kirk is coming. And you look at the target share. In week seven, 18.2. Then they had the bye week, week nine, target share, 30.8. Air yards, week seven, 69. Air yards, week nine, 104. And two consecutive weeks for Christian Kirk. Over 20 fantasy points. And I expect more of the same. I expect more of the same. His salary on DK has not risen much. It's only gone up 500. It's 5.7K week 10. We're going to continue to play Christian Kirk with confidence. And now that we've seen multiple weeks of Christian Kirk exceeding expectations, target share, air yards, fantasy points, same with Jerry Judy. Now we have two consecutive weeks exceeding expectations, 
targets, air yards, fantasy points. We feel even more confident playing them in more lineups on the lineup genius. Judy, Kirk are for real. And the question we asked last week, who's going to be the next breakout wide receiver among this rookie class, the class of 2020? It's absolutely Jerry Judy. When I was a kid, we had this nifty invention for taking care of leaves. It was called a rake. Damn it.